0: Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, and I'm joined by Kyle McKelvey. This week on the podcast, we're talking preseason projected field of 64, Coaches on the Hot Seat, SEC Mercy Rule, and more. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, how's it going? We're just one week away now from the start of the college baseball season.
1: Next week. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um starting to get stats prepared and everything um they uh just came out with an update for uh, uh, baseball r so i'm using stats and stuff and getting nerd you know getting breaking out the chops you know <laughs> nerd yeah i mean that's that's how i get into it you know everyone's got their own thing some people read previews on other people's opinions and some people form their own based on the stats and stuff so
0: oh i like it i like that's it. i like Yeah, up here in the Boston area, we had uh, the epitome of baseball weather, uh, Mm -hmm. wind chills of negative 40 over the weekend.
1: And you survived, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. But this next weekend, we're getting some 50s, which is also kind of wild for a winter in New England. So uh, it actually is kind of baseball weather coming up this week. That's a 90 degree swing. Yeah, like we actually flips. it was like in a twenty, it was like a thirty six hour period. There was an eighty degree swing in wind chill. It went from yeah, a wind chill of negative thirty to like wind chills in the like upper forties. So um, it was. I'd be happy
1: to know that I was outside in shorts and flip flops yesterday, and
0: it is uh, it is real nice out down here in Houston. I don't
1: Pretty think Houston I though. own
0: flip flops anymore. I think that's just an item that's been ejected from my closet since moving away from California.
1: Yeah, you you left them there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, not necessary here for most of the year. <laughs> All right, so let's get started with our top story. And our top story today is looking at our projected Field of 64. And I love the preseason Field of 64 because it is like someone on Reddit commented on it and said, at this point, Field of 64s are basically fan fiction, which I totally agree with. I love that analysis of a preseason Field of 64 but uh, we promise no explicit pairings of characters like most fan fictions. And so uh, let's run through some of the top seeds. Let's do top eight, uh, and then I'll throw in the last eight hosts. Um, So one through eight, LSU, Tennessee, Stanford, Wake Forest, number five, Ole Miss, UCLA, Texas A&M, and Louisville. Uh, I don't know, no surprises there. I think the tricky thing always with these top eight is that they don't perfectly align with our top eight teams in our rankings. And sometimes we get people asking like, why did you put this team at this spot, even though you have them ranked higher? Uh, The reality is like a team like Texas A&M, we were debating a lot exactly if we should drop them because they very likely could end up in second place, third place, suddenly in the SEC West. And then can a third place team in a division really be a number five overall seed? with the sec west maybe but it's not that easy to do
1: yeah i mean that regularly that goes on with our our talk every uh like every may or so it, it's harder to win the sec than it is to win the national championship uh just like it's you're not gonna get the favorite from favorites from the committee for being third in your own division even though you might be the third best team in the country that's just how it works sometimes
0: Number nine, we have Florida, 10 Southern Miss, 11 Maryland, 12 Arkansas, then Miami, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, and Vanderbilt, wrapping up our top 16. So those are our 16 projected hosts. I think the one team I want to touch base on is the team that we debated a little bit, which is Florida. I really do think Florida has a good shot at being second in the SEC East. I think they might rack up a little bit, a few more wins maybe than some of those SEC West teams ahead of them because of the fact that they're in the East. You brought up the great point, though, that Florida travels to Texas A&M. And so I think that series actually could be fairly important if these teams are as good as we think they are in terms of pecking order and seeding when it comes to NCAA tournament time
1: yeah i mean talent obviously matters and we, we can that's what projections are all about but if we are projecting then we have to play out that series and then like you know we have to root, root, root for the home team that's like what's what we say right so yeah that's uh,
0: one of the like top top five rules here is when in doubt home teams tend to win things
1: yeah so yeah the games obviously mattered so when you have a series on the road in college station i feel like we're just gonna have to favor the home team until we know more um but uh, it was it was like a back and forth. It, it could have gone either way, in in my opinion. Um, I just felt like a, a little bit favored there a And M there, but yeah, being second in the East, which might be a, just as good of a division as the West, um, is a is a
0: really high praise. So we also had uh, a decent representation of teams throughout uh, different conferences. So. SEC and ACC, we actually projected both of them as having 11 teams, which is a big number. I think part of that is we do get one extra at-large team this year because uh, the number of automatic qualifiers dropped from 31 to 30. What's that? Was it the MiAC? Yeah, the MiAC is is No longer competing in baseball and just not have enough teams. So they merged with another small conference in terms of baseball. So we're down to 30 automatic qualifiers. So one extra spot ended up going to an ACC team this time around. <laughs> uh, similar to our top 50, we had six pac 12 teams and five big 12 teams. Sunbelt and Big Ten each had three conference USA two. Uh, those were all the conferences with multiple bids. Anything there surprise you? Anything stand out there to you?
1: Well, so you know how you said you we this like this isn't fan fix. we don't match pairings that we like and I like how you still did match Arkansas and Texas. Battle of the two Southwest Conference foes. And then also UNC and ECU. Uh, those are always fun to like. In, like I'm really interstate. proud of that
0: regional. That regional is North Carolina, East Carolina, Charlotte and Campbell. That's four yeah. North Carolina schools right there. <laughs> that is really cool. I think that I mean, the committee shows us that they care about regionality. And so yeah. one can dream. But if we get that regional, that would uh, that would sell oh. out
1: every game for sure. How did I miss Florida and Florida state in the same regional? I was only looking at the ones and twos, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Southern Mississippi state. Yeah. There's, we have some pretty fun regionals there.
1: I guess that was something that was surprising to me. Florida state is a three seed. Um, I it's obviously early in the link Jarrett uh, era and hasn't started yet. So maybe he has a giant swing on, on the, like the impact of, of in his program. So we'll see. I, I, I could see Florida state jumping up and, and improving a lot, but um, yeah, that, that'd be a, that'd be a, a good year. I think to be a three seed. They're kind of hoping for a
0: two, obviously. I mean, I think if you're asking Florida state fans are probably expecting to host <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's interesting Florida state. It's not like a takeover with no talent. I think every single guy that is potentially on that pitching staff had at one point or is currently a pretty high draft prospect, for instance, Carson Montgomery, who's, uh, I saw him last year. I think his ERA was in the fives. Like he hadn't really been able to put it together on the mound for Florida State yet, but has the upside of a first, second rounder kind of guy. It's things like that. If they can, if they get some huge improvement from some of their highly touted prospects, I think Florida State will be a lot better. Also, it's hard to play much worse defense than Florida State has in the past. And I think that's one thing that Notre Dame um, did really well under Link Jarrett. Notre Dame was all about the fundamentals, less about the flash. So it would be shocking if Florida State is worse on defense. So if they get a little bit of improvement from their really talented pitching staff and a little bit better defense, all of a sudden that maybe is not a three seed. Maybe that's a two seed fighting for a, a, a regional host kind of team. All right, let's wrap this segment up with our eight for Omaha picks. So I'm going to rapid fire mine. LSU, Tennessee, Florida, A&M. Yes, half of it's SEC. Stanford, Oklahoma State, North Carolina. Wake Forest returns the College World Series for the first time in our lifetime, for sure. And many of our listeners' lifetimes.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess it's tradition at this point that we both do our eight for Omaha differently. You do yours based off of just who you who you like teams that you like and I do mine based off of the field before the um so I did mine uh, LSU, Tennessee, UCLA, AM, Florida, Arkansas, Miami and Oklahoma State. Um that's all hosts because it's hard to pick teams that we already like against teams that we ranked highly they are good teams. All right, uh, so all I did,
0: would... did I hear that right that you're picking Miami that would be over Wake Forest? yeah all right so you're thinking that miami is gonna wait what is so what does that say about you and wake forest are you are you doubting the demon i'm I'm, just, I'm doubting wake forest
1: i i, I want to see it to believe it you know i i they're gonna be good probably but that top four seed good going to omaha good and we'll see i saw you looking up doing some research when was the last time going to omaha
0: yeah the wake forest last time they were in Omaha was 1955. So uh oh, wow. if you're a listener who remembers uh a Wake Forest college world series trip, you might actually be the oldest listener of this podcast. <laughs> maybe.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I I can see it maybe with 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 Wake Forest. Uh I just maybe have a little bit more faith in in the solid, like really solid lineup in in Miami. Like they have a lot of talent returning and then yeah, I, I, I could see Miami uh doing a lot of damage here. Um and just Miami based has on... not
0: advanced from a regional though in a while. So <laughs>
1: despite hosting yeah. them. But aren't they haven't they been all at home? So maybe yeah. maybe just
0: uh all right. That means we need to move on to our next segment. All right, 10 takes and five minutes. So we have five topics here. We're each gonna get 30 seconds a piece to make our take on it. And we'll get through ten takes in five minutes. First up to you, Kyle. Pick someone besides Tennessee and LSU who can win the SEC.
1: Oh, I mean, the obvious choices are like Ole Miss, A and M, Florida, Arkansas. Um, so I'm going to go from one of those. Uh, I'll go A and M. They were they won the SEC West last year. Went forty four and twenty nineteen eleven in the SEC under. First year at ANM head coach Jim Schlossengel. we made that mistake last year, uh, so uh, yeah. And, and they bring back a lot. They they also bring in some talent. Um, some some kid named Jace Laviolette, which the the kids are calling Jace LaViolette, which is uh it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, go ahead. I didn't really say anything about pitching, but yes, I'm going to go ahead and pick AN in there.
0: Give me Florida. I think with the uh, pitching talent, you got to love it. They have potentially, Wyatt Langford, potentially a 1-1 guy there. Uh, you're going to see with my breakout player uh, coming up in just a few questions, I'm a big fan of uh, another dude there at, at Florida. I think Florida has a really good shot of pulling, pulling the SEC upset. All right, top three conferences heading into the year. I'll go first. I think SEC, pretty clear. I mean, they're number one. Number two, they're, they're full – full on our our top 25 top 50. I'm going to go ACC number two similarly just lots of teams lots of competitors in terms of absolute competitors I think the Pac-12 has to be third because Stanford UCLA are really leading the conference with in terms of, of actually having enough talent particularly on the pitching side to be able to make it to Omaha.
1: Yeah, I mean, SEC, obviously, ACC, we have a, we always have a ton of teams in the ACC towards the top and kind of like in the 25 to 50 range. Um, I'm going to swerve a little bit. Obviously, the Pac-12 is really good, and they have Stanford up there at the top, but I'm going to go Big 12 next. There, there's always like someone that's going to surprise us. Like Texas, we have at 18. Some other people don't have them ranked that highly. Uh, they could surprise us with the talent they have. Um, and then TCU, obviously, is, is still pretty good. So Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas are make out a pretty good top of the conference.
0: All right, most improved team from a year ago. I'll throw it to you, Kyle.
1: This might sound ridiculous, but I'm going to go LSU. Just like they they didn't make Omaha last year, and like I don't don't know, they didn't have what they expect to do in Baton Rouge every year. But that's just how much they improved this year. They might win fifty games in the regular season, which is. Which would be a ten game improvement on last year, plus whatever they do in the postseason. So, um, yeah, give me LSU as kind of a funny answer.
0: I'm sticking in the SEC. I'm going South Carolina. I think I, half the lineup probably will be transfers. They have Will Sanders, who is top top prospect kind of guy. I'm really excited to see Will McGillis coming over from Southern Miss. Uh, Braylon Wimmer, I think, is one of the best shortstops in the country. Uh, I think Southern Miss, or I think South Carolina is going to be uh, a regional team for sure this year. All right, coaches on the hot seat. Uh, I'll go first. I think it's really easy to say any team in the SEC who hasn't been to Omaha in a little while, you start feeling that pressure. I I think the one I wanna go with particularly is Bohannon at Alabama. I think this is probably his most talented team he's had in his tenure there if this team doesn't at the very least make a regional and perhaps even regional final winning a regional, I think that he should feel like his seat is getting pretty hot there in Tuscaloosa. Uh,
1: yeah. And kind of with the same point, I went to the sec first to make my picks just because the expectations there are so high. And if you don't succeed immediately, obviously the pressure's on uh, I'm going to go with um, Nick Mingioni at UK, at Kentucky, they, they had a great first season there. They went 19 and 11 and uh, won a regional, I think. And then he's just gone 44 and 76 in conference play since then, back to back 12 and 18 uh, SEC turn, like regular seasons. Just just not a very good stretch lately. And I don't think the expectations at Kentucky are particularly high, like compared to like a Vanderbilt or like, right now Tennessee LSU stuff like that. But yeah, I I think it's just it's just hard to keep going under well under 500 like that and missing the sec tournament all right right back to you who is your breakout player of the year to watch right now um well i also went to the sec here but i i, I can't uh in good conscience just stick with sec so i'll go i'll go somewhere else how about i go um mitch Jeb, shortstop out of michigan state kind of a, a random one but He's one of the top players in the Big Ten, probably this year. Uh, he hit three fifty one last year, so that maybe that doesn't qualify him as a breakout, but maybe that vaults him. Maybe another good season like that vaults him into um, top five draft round draft pick kind of contention.
0: All right, uh, I'm going to go with Jack Caglianone. Uh, I, I I I love the guy. He's six foot five. He is just an absolute beast. He burned a redshirt mid-year last year. started the last 27 games of the year at DH. Rumor has it he's in competition for it to be the Sunday starter. So he's a two-way guy. Everyone's talking about Paul Skeen's at LSU. Very deservedly so. I think Caglian Known is going to be in competition for best two-way player of the year. Next up, we're doing a brand new segment, Pick a Side. So... No room for agreement in this segment. We have to disagree. Three topics. Both have to be on the opposite side. The first topic that I want to come up, uh, I want to discuss is the new mercy rule in the SEC. So it's being reported that starting after the seventh inning, if there's a 10 run difference, 10 run lead for one team, then the uh, mercy rule is in effect. To my knowledge, this is not just for travel days. This is for uh, all SEC conference games. Pick a side, Kyle. For or against mercy rule in the SEC? I'm
1: I'm very for it. It's uh, it seems like nothing. I mean, just like just nothing like but, but a good thing, you know, for for everybody. Like, why waste time with a ten run, um, a ten run game after the seventh inning? Uh, and it it does save travel, but. It could save, yeah. I mean, just like a random, it could save a lot of pitchers. I guess is what is what it's going to come down to for me.
0: Save them for what? I mean, if I'm going to, like the, the anti side, like this is this is why they're there, right? They they want to be playing, and I think I mean I think one thing that's I'm particularly I don't know uh, I feel bad. I mean, these are times when the freshmen get experience. Uh, where where those guys deeper in the 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 depth charts gets their you know first college at bat or in moments like this in games. I think that anytime you have a solution to a problem that is less baseball, I am generally anti that. And so mercy rule in the SEC, let them play, right? I mean, this is why they this is why they came. this is they came to play. All right. Uh, in the last few weeks, Louisville announced that they were giving their teams rings for their college station super regional appearance. Arkansas and A&M both gave out College World Series rings. Are you for or against? I'll take this one first. Uh, I'm going to go against. I don't know. Not to be like too boomery here, but this feels a little participation trophy to me. Like... I get it more so for college world series appearance. It kind of feels like a, a bigger deal, but I mean, not, not to throw shade at Louisville, but a super regional appearance. I don't know if that's worth buying bling over. Like, I think if you're, you know, coming back to the, to the reunion at at Louisville and wearing your super regional ring, I think sooner or later Louisville's going to win a national championship. They're going to make it to more college world series. That super regional ring's going to look kind of lame. I, I'm
1: kind of with you, but um, got to take the other side. So I, I like it. Let's let's celebrate things. It's nice celebrating trophies and things. Like you still want a regional, so it's considered a regional uh, ring. And I don't know. I didn't actually see it. Is it is it pretty? Uh, pretty gaudy?
0: It's it's just a regular old like championship ring with the like fake crystals or whatever it is all over it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, I like celebrating accomplishments, and it's uh, they had a good season. The the Omaha one, like you said, is is way more understandable. It's um, it's it's an accomplishment. I think both Arkansas and Anum both made it to the like super, the semifinals, right? So they were top four. That's that's also an accomplishment. Uh, so
0: I like it. Start giving out top four trophies now, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, sure. All right, you get this one first. Uh, Nil one time transfer rules have revolutionized college baseball. So Kyle, what's your take on this?
1: Well, I'm going to make you take the other side so that you can you know, keep up the, uh, the boomer uh, anti-player mantra that you've got going on. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm for it. I, I'm pro player. Uh, it's, it's a great thing. And is only just giving players a piece of the pie, especially in baseball where they, um, they only get like half a scholarship sometimes per player. Uh, it's a minimum of quarter of quarter scholarship right now with only 11.7 scholarships to go around though. So it's, it's um, I think it's a great thing. If anyone can like help fund some of their, like their college, I don't know. It's nice. And then the one-time transfer, I know a lot of people complained about it. I, um, I think it's fun. Like it's, it's nothing like it was back in college football in the 1920s. There was apparently something where someone, a player could go on, like one Saturday play for a different school and then the next Saturday play for the school that he like had initially signed for. So like you basically get like a, a weekly transfer. Uh back when so
0: college fun. classes were like arithmetic 101. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're forcing me to take the anti-side on this. Uh I think that my my one fear, especially with the one-time transfer rule or with NIL, that's as unregulated as it is right now is what's going to happen to the mid-majors. I look at a team like ODU losing their best player, Carter Trice, to NC State. And I look at Southern Miss losing Will McGillis, losing Hurston Waldrup. I think the fear is the slippery slope is that Florida, NC State at all, can afford more NIL deals than some of these mid-major. I know mid major is a dirty word in college baseball, but let's say some of these mid major schools. So, what what is the logical conclusion of this? Do we end up with like triple A teams in the SEC with every single top prospect or SEC ACC something like that? I think I mean maybe maybe what we saw with like Thatcher Hurd and UCLA going going from UCLA to LSU suggests that not just the mid majors are are at risk here. It's just kind of the the rich versus the Less willing Not to so spend, <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if I have a good solution for it, but mm-hmm. I do think that left unregulated, there is room for nil one-time transfer rules to lead to the rich get richer scenario.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, one point though, like there are schools like ODU and the smaller schools that you were talking about, Southern Miss. Like if if there are local kids who go try and get the bag somewhere else but it doesn't work out there for any, for whatever reason like they don't get along with the coach the coach gets fired they want to go closer to home they could go transfer back with like in 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 conjunction with the one time transfer they could go transfer back closer to home uh and and still give those other small schools like a, a piece of that like top talent
0: yeah i guess roster limits will always keep the rich from getting too rich yeah yeah it'll be interesting
1: melt
0: up You know what that sound means. Also, so excited to have that on the College Baseball Nation (laughs) soundboard now. Love it. So mailbag time. We've had a lot of questions submitted and we want to give some some due diligence to some of these questions, because I think there's a lot of really good ones. And this first one transitions really well from our last topic, which is which school benefited the most from the transfer portal and which one was hurt the most. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that conversation. I think UCLA has an argument for being hurt the most sing- simply because they lost potentially a first round draft pick in Thatcher Heard. Thatcher Heard wasn't the healthiest. We have L- uh, UCLA as a top ten team. If you add a first round draft pick to a top ten team, uh, all of a sudden, I think UCLA is preseason Pac-12 favorite kind of team. So they didn't lose in terms of numbers the same as as a lot of schools. But I, I really think that Thatcher Hurt is gonna be a big deal for LSU. Yeah, I all
1: mean, right. That's makes a lot of sense. I think uh, other teams that, that did a lot in the transfer portal, I think Mississippi State got quite a few um from the transfer portal. I can't find I love how favorite.
0: yeah, I love how season ago. It felt like revolutionary to go, like for an SEC team to go and dig into the transfer portal. But mm-hmm. now it feels like it's commonplace. Like uh, every single SEC squad uh, is recognizing, you know, even Vanderbilt, the importance not only of freshman class and Juco classes, but four year transfers too.
1: Yeah. I mean, teams, so teams like Mississippi State, South Carolina, Arizona State got, at, and uh, Alabama got at least four transfers. And uh, like just in this past season, that are in the top 100 of D1 baseball's transfer ranking. So, like that's that's quite a few, um, quite a few solid teams that that just got even better.
0: All y'all are sleeping on Arizona State. We're the only ones that have Arizona State in our top 25. But I mm-hmm. think that transfer class is one of the best transfer classes in the country, and Arizona State is going to make some noise in the Pac-12. Yeah. So uh, we've the most. We've debated it some on the podcast. And between us a little bit, like where do we actually put Texas? And one of the questions we got this week was how much will Texas struggle this season given all that they lost? I think I want to give a case for hope. I think that there's some names there that people will remember. They lost, I mean, like replacing the Hispanic Titanic. Yeah, that's not great. Tanner Witt is still a question mark in terms of health, exactly. When if he's gonna come back. There there are a lot, there's a lot missing without a doubt. But I think Eric Kennedy, Dylan Campbell, Mitchell Daly are all really solid position player pieces. Lucas Gordon, I think any team in the country could see him as a legitimate Friday night guy. I mean, maybe besides the Tennessees or LSU, but, you know, he's he's pitching on Friday nights most schools that he goes to. Uh, So I think he's a a really big piece. Porter Brown from the TCU transfer never really quite, quite put it together at TCU. But I think he's uh, a guy who's going to instantly contribute. And Garrett Gillamette, likewise, a guy from USC, who I think will be an instant contributor behind the plate, getting a little bit of uh, experience behind the plate, I think will be useful for Texas. Texas did, though, just have their alumni game where Mitchell Daly hit cleanup. I I, you know, I don't want to read too much into the alumni game, but Mitchell Daly only hit four home runs last year. And if that really is the the best option for the Longhorns at cleanup, uh, you might be a little bit worried about offensive protection for Texas.
1: Yeah. I mean they're they're gonna have someone that replaces it. Just gotta figure out who. Um it's gonna be yeah, but it's obviously not gonna be as good as the Hispanic Titanic, like you said. <laughs> I I think they can probably replace some of that, but I don't know. They'll they'll probably be second
0: or third in the Big Twelve, maybe fourth. And they'll still be yeah. solid. I think they're going to win a lot of Friday night games. I think that's going to keep them yeah. in a lot of series in the Big 12. I think there's they're 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 better than people are giving them credit for. Let's dig into the mailbag one more time. Can NC State bounce back from a disappointing 2022 season? They missed attorney, they lost Tommy Tanks, abbreviated TT. <laughs> Great <laughs> to make it back to the postseason, maybe make a run at Omaha. I think we need a to pause and recognize that NC State was probably the single most jilted team from a year ago. We, I think that was the biggest shock for everyone when NC State did not make it into the NCAA tournament. And so I think LA Avent and the folks at NC State have uh, the biggest chip factor right now when it comes to that chip on the shoulder. I I think Tommy Tanks, we, let's not minimize losing Tommy Tanks. Tommy Tanks is like generational Type of bat, right? Like he's he is mm. absurd with his power. They did add Carter Trice, though, USA baseball guy ODU transfer, who I think will fit in really nicely. It'd be a guy who can actually I I think a 20-home run season wouldn't be absurd for Carter Trice. Uh that I think a big thing that will help NC State this year is that uh Jacob Kozart was a true freshman starting catcher for them last year. Anytime you have a true freshman starting catcher, that's that's not a position that you want your true freshman in that uh, he went to the Cape had a pretty solid summer in the Cape. So just getting that experience, I think the expectation is that he'll be a lot improved. Biggest, biggest wild card is Sam Highfill. If he's coming back from injury, uh, how healthy he is, if he's healthy, or if he can contribute for them. I mean, he's an, he was a preseason All-American for us last season. He's, he's the type of guy who is uh, can, can change the trajectory of a season. And I think they'll still be able to hit, like they, I mean, they
1: got really solid hitting, like high average hitters, uh, who hit, who can hit a lot of doubles. They got a tr- two transfers from Davidson and a transfer from AM. Um So Parker Nolan, but not that one, and Trevor <laughs> Candelaria from both from Davidson and then Kali Harrison, shortstop from A and M or second baseman from A and um, I think they'll they'll all be able to hit, and they'll have pretty solid defense. Uh, I I'm in tr- intrigued to see what what they can do, but. When I first read this question, I thought TT is that Texas Tech? They lost Texas Tech from <laughs> NC State. What does that mean,
0: Gotta read Between the lines, Kyle. Yeah, I guess so. All right, this one we got from Instagram. Would you rather throw a bullpen, take BP, or shag BP? What do you think? Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not very good at hitting. I, so neither of us ever played like college or high school baseball. Uh, did you play high school baseball? I don't think so. Right. No, my um, my
0: playing days ended a, a little bit younger than that. Yeah, but you had tennis. Tennis was your thing. Oof. Uh, yeah, I guess
1: so. Yeah. Um, I I was never very good at hitting, but I always like running and and catching fly balls. So I'd rather shag BP. I've never they, had to like clean up though, so I, I guess I don't know what what college BP actually like consists of.
0: I'm gonna say throw a bullpen. That sounds fun. In my yeah. my my youth days, my little league days, I was a a pitcher with no command. Um, I think I would have some fun throwing a bullpen. <laughs> yeah.
1: You definitely hit the, the bullpen coach a few
0: times. Yeah, I would, I would not want to, I, I think, I mean, not on this list, but like bullpen catcher probably would be the lowest thing on my list of th- uh, responsibilities for a college team that I would want to do. <laughs> but, um, I, I think I could throw a bullpen. I would, I would feel it in the morning for sure. Oh, yeah. I'd probably feel it five minutes later, but i also feel it in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah. You don't have to throw that fast. It's fine. Right.
0: All right, last question. What are some underrated mid-majors that could make a run this year? Everyone loves the underdog story. Everyone loves the mid-majors. I think it's easy to just... I mean, one thing that we do is we do a top 50. It has mid-majors littered throughout it. I think Grand Canyon might be an easy pick. They have Jacob Wilson, who's going to be a probably first-round shortstop. Uh, I really like Campbell. I think Campbell's ability to have a mm-hmm. uh, top two round pitcher year in and year out, it feels like is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. We have our uh, top 50 uh, college player list coming out soon. It might already be out by the time you're listening to this podcast and Cade Kuehler is number 16 on that list. Right-handed pitcher who uh, is a, a very mature pitcher already. And uh, I think will be one of those guys that, if it comes to a regional, you're not going to be wanting to play Campbell on day one of a regional. And then a team
1: like uh, UCSB for me, like if, if I have, like, I always like a team who can pretty much breeze through their conference and, and
0: like get it. Isn't a, that wild saying seed. breeze through the big, like, like remember when like, like Cal State Fullerton used to be pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It feels like back. It wasn't that long ago and maybe it yeah. won't be that long until they return, but man, I know. But
1: if you if you can breeze through your, your conference and get like a maybe a two C somewhere local in, in Stanford or UCLA or something, that'd be a chance to make a run at the Supers or Omaha. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. I I it's hard to find a lot of depth in the Big West this year. I think that was one of the comments I saw in our field of sixty four was like the Big West will rise up and have two teams again. And it's like maybe but i is really rising
1: I mean, up two teams is that what that means
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they've been a one bid league for 5 years now i yeah. think straight so uh we will see but uh thanks for all the questions if you want to send us mailbag question check out our twitter and instagram that's where we receive those questions and keep them coming i have a lot of fun doing research for these questions and and, and figuring out uh, uh what the people care about
1: and I have a lot of fun making up an answer on the fly.
0: <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, You can could, you could never tell, Kyle. You seem polished.
1: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll have to listen to the tape.
0: Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends. Like right now, just like... Text it to a friend, maybe someone who likes college baseball, maybe someone who doesn't like college baseball yet, but they really should. Send it to them. Let this be their gateway into college baseball. Also, check out our website, collegebaseball.info. Thanks for listening and have a great week.